I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik, Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., and a welcome back to our great friend, Jesse Cofield, back out joining us from the DraftKings studio in Boston. Jesse, what's going on, bud? Still pregnant, still pregnant, still here. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'll my water broke. I thought my water broke the other day, but it was actually just me peeing on my hand. So we're good. <laughs> still here. Yes. Pissing on my hand. Just so, just, <laughs> just so everybody understands, you're due... You're due February 29th, correct? Yes. So you're due yeah. in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, you, you've had some contractions, and oh, so yeah. you went in and thought this was was going down. And as you mentioned, it turned out you peed on yourself rather than the water breaking. So yep. this is one of those where, you know, and we're going to bring in Charlotte in a minute because Charlotte asked, you know, how we were doing from the Super Bowl. And I was just like, Mike, you and I can say nothing. Nothing. We could, we could be on a three-day bender of no sleep, and we cannot speak a word of how bad we feel when our partner is sitting here a couple hour a couple of weeks from giving birth and peeing herself yeah i mean I, we just we just and can't say soaked anything and piss. soaked and pissed yeah. <laughs> just pissing my pants on the daily on the reg 
<laughs> that's what we've got to look forward to today. In addition to some great guests, Orlando Brown Jr. Orlando Brown Jr. from the Cincinnati Bengals going to join us. Maybe he's peed on himself. And Jared Carabas, our uh, buddy from uh, here at DraftKings Network, as we take a look ahead, pitchers and catchers are starting to report. But uh, we've also got <clears throat> our good friend Charlotte Wilder back for a Wilder Wednesday here post Super Bowl. Here you can catch her as the co-host of Oddball with Amin El Hassan, who will also be at the All Star Game coming up here too. What's up, Char? Hey guys, I do not have an intro for myself nearly as exciting as Jesse's, um, <laughs> but I'm so glad to see all of your shining faces and um you know hey go chiefs go chiefs there you go i like that um as a quick aside uh mike you i we all know that we talked about jesse peeing herself you did that kind of on the regular oh. mike did in his football uniform yeah why yeah i mean listen desperate times call for desperate measures and occasionally it wasn't even something i could control sometimes the pee just leaks out of you when you're <laughs> a little true. nervous and a little too well hydrated stuff happens it just in me if you go and google mike golick jr senior day photo on google yeah i believe the first yeah. image that comes up is me standing on the field with both of my parents with just a monster pee stain in my <clears throat> gold notre dame pants yeah. which is horrific yeah. uh and while everyone is Googling here furiously, mm -hmm. I'll just say that we've still got a bunch to get to today. Charlotte referenced Go Chiefs because of her dear friend, Paul Rudd, who we've seen her interact with in the past. She's covered the Chiefs before on a number of occasions. She's hung out with Travis Kelsey at Radio Row in years past. And so she's got her affinity for the Kansas City Chiefs that we need to get to coming off this because this is going to be a show all about relationships in a lot of different ways and the Chiefs relationship the Taylor Swift and Travis oh, relationship yeah. in the midst happy of that. Happy Valentine's that... Day, guys. Sorry. Oh, yes, no. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't wear it. Look, I'm wearing black instead of red. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, well. That's but it, it doesn't red. mean I don't love you. We, we, have, we have nobody wearing red here. I, I have to say, though, I win, uh, my wife Chris and I, our first, I would say, official Valentine's was our senior year in college. So this is our 40th, 40th Valentine's Day together. So And so wow. what are you doing pretty, for pretty it? Nothing? Because you've been together for so long. Uh, we, we, don't do, we don't do a whole lot, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in fact, I feel awful. She, brought, she made me a wonderful breakfast sandwich and, and gave me a card, and I got nothing. I didn't get her a card. Mm. That was oh, my man. fault. Mm. I've, I've done that oh, in the past, so that's my fault. Oh, um, I feel horrible uh, about that, but... Uh, you know, 40 years, 40 years of a Valentine. So it's, uh, it's that's amazing. Quite, it's quite early in the day. So you do have time to go get something. Um, you know, I would suggest jewelry because so, you forgot. But, but so. is that is that cool? Is it the after the yeah. fact thing? I mean, is that really is that really? No, something? it doesn't matter. Do what. Do yeah. Are you kidding me? The story of my life is like the Charlotte Wilder move is realizing it is someone's birthday or it is a holiday going out, getting a card, or making one myself and being like, oh, my God, here you go. Like, even if you text someone at 11.58 on their birthday, like, you still did it. It's also, can I just say something? Not to, I don't know where this is all coming from. It, the, I have a problem. I know when things are, right? Like, I know Valentine's Day is February 14th. I know when the birthdays are of people I love. I don't know what the date is currently ever. I did not know today was February 14th <laughs> until I looked at the Google Doc and I was like, oh, right, it's Valentine's Day. And I know that February 14th is Valentine's Day. How am I supposed to know what the date is? Can I just put that out there? 
Is anybody with me? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so your, your phone will tell you. you. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the problem is, I know, I, I should know, because I, I, Jesse, I 100% agree with you. We have this device in our pocket every day that gives us a window of the world. And the first thing it shows us is the date. But I'm also with Charlotte, and I don't know if it's the nature of doing a daily show and always being worried about daily content where things kind of bleed together. But I also, whenever I go to a situation, whether it's like at the bank or I'm filling out a form at the doctor's office and it comes time yeah. to the date, I never know right off the bat. I've always got to go and seek it out. I'm never just walking around armed with that knowledge. So Charlotte, to your point, the only reason that I knew and remembered it was going to be Valentine's Day coming up today is because yesterday I had to make a grocery store run and I then had to run to Target later in the afternoon. And at both mm -hmm. stops, I saw men frantically running into and out of the mm -hmm. building carrying balloons and store-bought roses that they had just gotten that day getting under yeah. the wire to get the job done there. I don't know if, Charlotte, you and your husband do any Valentine's Day stuff, if that's on your radar or not, do you? You know, not... I mean, he got me a lovely present, but not because it was Valentine's Day. He got me something, and then last night he was like, oh, I didn't get you anything. And I was like, no, you did. You got me, like... You got me this thing. And he was like, oh, right, cool. And I was like... Oh, now I'm I'm the jerk cuz I did. Oh. So, you know, but I'm leaving I'm leaving tonight for the All-Star game, so we were never really going to do anything anyway. But also like Valentine's Day, if you try to go out to dinner, it's just like you're not going to get the reservation. You better off just like putting it off to like do it. Let's do it next Wednesday. Yeah. Does that sound? I'll also the like senior, just tell tell Chris, let's do it. Let's do it next Wednesday. Except um, she deserves she deserves the world, so never mind. I'll make a generalization yeah. here too, Charlotte, and say I'm mm -hmm. with you on this and just say generally speaking, I think if you're going all out for Valentine's Day, like something's wrong. Like it means <laughs> that like like it means that you're not <laughs> you're not doing <laughs> the little things if you have to like really be like let me prove my love to you on this day. Yes, this this brings up Jesse. This is something I, I I hope that we will at some point in this beautiful hour we have together get to uh, Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan breaking oh, up will. because that that ties yes, in directly to will. something that I would I would like to say about about their relationship. So Oh, we will. The, but, but the this, world is our oyster. This, this is kind of this is kind of where we are, Chris and I in our in our Valentine's Day. She did make dinner reservations, but she made dinner reservations for me, her, Sydney and Ben. So the four of us <laughs> can go out together. Awesome. So I love it. Uh, and, and of yeah, course she Alex. Can't, she Alex, can't be left uh, their, alone their with you at this point. Can't be left alone yet. Yeah. Uh, so at, at, at 10 weeks old. So they have to bring her along. So, yeah, that's the Valentine's Day now is bring the family and the grandkid. And uh, uh, but that's that's what we love. That's what we love to do. Love seeing her. We we put up with Sydney. We dig Ben. and We love seeing Alex. <laughs> well, a, a happy Valentine's Day to everybody listening, no matter who you are, what you're doing. We love you. And we're mm -hmm. sending you a gift eventually. We just forgot today, but time's a construct. It's going to get there. Charlotte mentioned that she is getting ready to head to. And shame on me, I didn't know the date. And I didn't remember off top where the NBA All-Star game was this year. Indianapolis. That's Hell yeah. sure a choice. Uh, congratulations, Hell yeah. Charlotte. Um, I, I can't wait. I'm just wrong. so glad. I love the state of Indiana. I went to school in yeah. Indiana. It's a great state. But I just, you know... The celebration of basketball being in Indianapolis where it's, hey, you want to go to St. Elmo's or is kind of is kind of tough. So how are you oh, doing with that? Oh, and we are. 
Oh, oh, Michael, we are, we are going to St. Elmo's. I'm actually very excited. We're, we're going to, I'm going to get a behind the scenes tour of St. Elmo's. So that's very exciting. Um, and uh, we are doing, so I don't know what I'm allowed to say, but I'm also like, it's not, you know, these aren't like federal secrets here. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm so <laughs> thrilled that we're, we're going to be hanging out with comedian Megan Gailey uh, while we're in Indianapolis. She is um, going to introduce us to the city. I, for one, have never been to the state of Indiana. So I am very excited that I get to check off another state on my list. It's one of the few that somehow I have not been to. So I'm looking forward to oh. it. Uh, I do think, though, you know, while everybody was in Vegas last week and I had COVID and I was looking at, you know, people going to parties and, and it looked so fun and, and, you know, being outside. And I was like, well, at least I have Indianapolis next week. Um, well, the, so the, the thing, yeah. Charlotte, the, the, the thing about it is Charlotte, Indy is a great place for an event. When they had the Super Bowl there, Mike was there, Jake was there. You could, you could walk around to everything and the weather was unseasonably warm. And quite honestly, it was, I would say it was colder in Vegas this week, Mike, if you would agree, than it was in Indy when the Super Bowl was in Indy. But you could still walk around there. It's a great place to walk around Indianapolis. I think it, it does a, a big event extremely well. Now, I know I just looked and it's in the 30s, so it's obviously going to be a little but, cold, but, but still the ability to walk everywhere. Exactly. I'm from New York. I'm from Boston and live in New York. I, I, I walk everywhere. Um, I also don't know how to dress because because I grew up in a cold place. I don't know how to dress when it's warm out. So it's actually been a problem for me in my sports media career. Whenever there's an event in this beautiful, warm, tropical place, which is where athletes and celebrities and anybody with, you know, a sense of anybody who isn't broken likes to go. I'm like, oh, my God, I have no idea what I'm going to wear. Indy, I'm like, oh, I have this coat, I have this vest, I have these boots, I have these pants. Like, I am ready to go. So it's actually, it's actually making me less nervous than um, than I would be about about going other places. It's speaking to me. There you go. It's you know what? Knowing how to dress and dress well in the cold is a skill for me personally. As a larger man, it allows me to layer, which is my greatest yes. benefit here because it covers up some of the trouble spots. And so <laughs> it is wonderful. And Dad, you're absolutely right about Indianapolis having the walkability. It's the big sell for all of these things. My whole thing, and again, I love the state of Indiana. This is not me becoming a coastal elite now that I've lived on both coasts, but there's nowhere to walk to. What are you walking to? What are you yeah. going to do? Really whole lot of nothing. Like, I know we do this where they tried to take the combine away from Indy and everyone rose up and defended Indy for being great at all this because they've all got their spots there. But, like, I've been to a big event in Indy and it's like, all right, well, we can walk inside and we're just going to walk inside to another <laughs> warm place where there's not a whole lot going on. So I don't want to spend this whole time dumping on Indy. What I do want to spend this time doing, I love you, Indianapolis. I'm sorry, don't come for me. Um, is focus on some news that might be the chatter around NBA All-Star Weekend, Charlotte, as mm -hmm. I saw this morning the headline come down, a report from Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne, that in the 24-hour lead-up prior to the Thursday trade deadline, there was conversation that included owner-to-owner -owner talk between the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers, who made an unsuccessful bid to try and convince the Lakers to trade LeBron James and pair him with Steph Curry. So what we have talked about and thought about since the days of seeing LeBron James and Steph Curry laughing and smiling at the All-Star game and yucking it up with each other mm -hmm. almost finally came to fruition at this point, Charlotte. I saw you furiously shaking your head. What was your reaction to this? Because I don't know how this is real. 
I don't know how this is real. This feels like something that we, I, people were talking about this as a joke, I felt like last week. It's like, oh, what if, or no, you know, Bill Simmons was like, I think that they should get LeBron and make a super team of old guys in Golden State. And everyone was like clowning on him and like, what are, you know, what are you talking about? And I was like, this is, I mean, and I, part of me was sort of like, well, you know, it could be sort of fun. Like, who, I mean, at this point, like both, I think the Lakers and the Warriors feel like these teams that you can't count out because of who they have. Like as, as, as weird and bad for the most part, as our seasons have been, even though I know the Warriors are, um, are having a bit of a renaissance. I, I don't know. They're doing better than they were. Um, I do think that it's still like, you know, when you've got the Timberwolves and you've got the Thunder and the Nuggets and the Suns starting to get it together and they have so many more, their core is younger. Um, it seems like, oh, well, they're surely, you know, they've been at the top of the league this whole time. But but when you have the Warriors and the Lakers, it's like you have you have the some of the greatest players to ever play, if not the greatest player in LeBron. How are you going to say they're not going to make a deep postseason run how are you going to say that they're not going to get it together and so to to have that conversation about both of these teams and then be like oh sorry what if you just made them one team is like it it, it it's just it's it feels like it shouldn't be allowed to have or it feels it's like it's like you, it, it's a fever dream right it's a fever dream lebron on the warriors like what are we talking like that's crazy that's crazy it, it would be wild, obviously, when Durant was there making that super team and won. Speaking of older super teams, you quite honestly, you have that in the other Los Angeles team with the Clippers. And there are only two slots, yeah. two, two games out of the top of the West. It's actually working there when we all wondered when Hard went there, how soon he would blow that thing up. And it hasn't. It's worked pretty well. And we've seen the super teams go other places, obviously, with, with uh, LeBron in Miami and what probably the greatest, you know, destruction of a super team or, or mismanagement or, or uh, underachieving was the Nets uh, when the three were there with Kyrie and, and – and, uh, well, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was Kyrie, Harden, and, yeah. um, and Durant. Um, so, so let me ask you this, Charlotte. So it's obviously not going to happen. They're not trading him there. But – Next year is LeBron's. He's on a player option. So do you think, we asked this before, if we think this is the end of the Golden State run core as we know it and the end of LeBron in L.A. So next year, do you think LeBron will move on? Since it's a player option, uh, do you think he will move on and possibly to Golden State? I mean, it's so fascinating, right? Because then Bronny, LeBron James Jr. enters the conversation and would like a word or his father would like a word where everyone's talked about how, you know, LeBron has this player option because the draft is June 27th and LeBron's player option is June 29th. So if there's any doubt as to like who's in control here, which I don't think there is, but it's LeBron. And so I, I feel it's this weird thing of like, okay, so if a team that didn't do very well drafts Bronny or alternatively a team that did pretty well and takes Bronny lower because that's probably where he would go, are there conversations with LeBron before that are like, hey, if we take your son, will you come here? At the same time, Bronny and LeBron both live in Los Angeles quite happily. So it's also like, well, if the Lakers can get Bronny and LeBron stays, or 
maybe Bronny doesn't factor into this at all. I personally think that as a dad, LeBron's got to take a step back here and be like, hold on, is it worth this being about me? Or or would my son benefit from a few more, a year if not more, uh, at USC yeah. still? So I wish I could say that I know, but I there are too many variables here um, and there are too many personal things to LeBron's life, it feels, that that I just, I'm not in his head. And I'm unfortunately not very close with him, so I can't ask him that. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, it does seem to be one of those situations where Charlotte, you're right. We talk about this all the time. I think more decisions around sports are made with personal life factors in mind than people will ever realize in terms of where someone's at in that point with their family life, where they're at, you know, what they might have going on with a relative or something like that. All those things we tend to find out long after the fact were big influences on decisions. And we know for LeBron James, he's taken somewhat of a step back and softened his stance on a lot of this wanting to play with Bronny stuff. I think because at some point Savannah checked him and is like, Hey, you're putting a lot of pressure on our son. And as his mom, I need you to chill with all of that but what i love about this report overall is because dad's right this is something and we've thought about charlotte you called it a fever dream it's absolutely right it's it's candy for all of us tom haberstro came on this show and threw this idea out here prior to the trade deadline as well so there were a lot of people looking and thinking it but ultimately it gets rebuffed it lets us know it was out there quite honestly shout out to ramona and uh woge for remembering the wednesday after the super bowl can be a cold and dark place But my favorite part of all this story is there's this back and forth between the Warriors at the ownership level. And then, oh, by the way, uh, Daryl Morey comes in from the 76ers and also made the call to see if he's available. And Rob Palenka immediately was like, no, get out of here. And oh, by the way, according to this report, even joked back with him and asked if Joel Embiid was available via trade. There's my pee pants. Coming up next, speaking of football and people peeing their pants, we'll take a look back at Super Bowl 58 with Charlotte. I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know is it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. The Chiefs parade is today at 11 a.m. And while there are probably throngs of fans hoping just to get a glance, a glimpse at Taylor Swift they're probably gonna be a little bit disappointed, okay? Because Kansas City officials might have asked her to skip the whole thing. So the city manager of Kansas City hinted that he already told Taylor Swift's reps that the city is not equipped to handle the extra traffic, the extra, you know, craziness that she would bring if she showed up. So he said, I can't confirm or deny, 
but we might have already told that to her team just to keep everybody safe, make things a little bit easier for us. That's from Brian Platt, uh, the city manager. Now, last year's parade, guys, it drew about a million people. That number is expected to be a lot higher this year, mostly because people are hoping that they're going to see Taylor Swift, right? What do we think? Well, it, it, this is hilarious to me because, again, it's a reminder of how small our little world of football is. That this event drew a million people. It overtakes an entire city. It's the biggest celebration that they'll have all year. And this woman who once famously attended Jack Antonoff's wedding and saw an entire, like, city had people descend on it and almost ruin the occasion is capable of capsizing even this moment celebrating the Super Bowl. So I get it from their standpoint. I appreciate the honesty of saying, hey, we're not built like this. We yep. got money, but our money is not that long. So Charlotte, this is our first time talking to you post Super Bowl. Obviously, we mentioned you've had a bunch of crossover with the Kansas City Chiefs, their famous fans, some of their players in the past covering them. So uh, how did you take in Super Bowl 58 and everything that we saw happen with them? We lost her. Uh, you're muted. Charlotte? Oh my gosh, guys! I was just muted. It's 2024. You were. How long have we been doing the video thing for? At least yeah, 2020. First time for you, I'm huh? I'm so sorry. You know <laughs> okay. what? That was like really astronaut in space. That the the you know the ships yes. going down. You hit. You did it. You did it. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you so much. Anyway, uh, what I was saying when you couldn't hear me was um, it felt like the perfect storm for this to be the biggest thing that we've ever seen from the NFL, which it was. It was the most watched Super Bowl. I'm such a sicko that when I saw the numbers come out that it was 123.4 million people who watched it, I added the numbers up to see if they equaled 13. So, you know, we're all we're all stable and healthy over here. Um, but I think, you know, because of Vegas, I think I miss I, I I, I underestimated just how huge Vegas was going to make this feel. I think that it felt even bigger than most Super Bowls feel being the first one there. I also, obviously, the Taylor Swift quotient. I mean, you know, people, my mom was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch it just to see if she's there, see what's going on. Um, and then you pair that with the actual football of Patrick Mahomes, who is, you know, people are already talking about, him being better than Tom Brady, which I'm also like, okay, well, it, I mean, I get it. I get, especially like the football nerd part of it where they're like, well, he does things that Tom Brady didn't do. Sure. Also, Tom Brady won seven Super Bowls and he beat Patrick Mahomes. So like, I, eh, I don't know. The, oh, is the New England defensive coming out here a little bit, Charlotte? Is oh this the Patriots just starting to go uh -huh. out and buff this back? Yeah. You know what? Talk to me when Patrick Mahomes has won 33% of Tom Brady's. Oh, oops. Whoops. He has. Oh. Um, shout out Troy Aikman. Wow. Um, but I think, I think that I was just, it, it was a spectacle and the amount of content that we got from the entire thing from people on the ground was um, sort of mind blowing. I do think though, from, as someone who, as I just made very clear, rooted for the Patriots, I, I, I do like seeing the Chiefs win because I think I would be a massive hypocrite if I were like, oh, dynasties are bad, you know, which we've talked about here before. But um, did you do you guys feel that this is that that America has turned on the Chiefs yet? Or do you think that they've still got a little bit of likability left in the tank? I, I think they have more likability than, unfortunately, your Patriots because you, you just look at the players involved. Bill, always gruff with the media, even though we know 
you know, in, in away from the media that he's got, he's funny. He's got a personality and such, but, but his portrayal, Tom, when he was in New England, the Belichick way, he wasn't saying a whole lot either. He kind of got freed and be able to talk a little more uh, in Tampa. And in Kansas City, we talked about this between Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy. They're fun people. They're fun guys. They do commercials uh, together as well. They're more likable from the casual fan when you see them. So I think that lasts a little longer. But we all know, Mike, that we, oh, we love it. Look at them go. Look at them go. Okay, they've won enough. Now we want to see them, you know, slide back down the hill. And San Francisco was close. It was in that stadium, by far, there were more San Francisco fans. Uh, Kansas City was actually getting booed by people in that stadium. But I do think overall, people are ready to start to see the slide. So we have two things. You want to, I think, the, the fan wants to see another team come up. But also, we're, we're interested in seeing Can Pat and Andy, by the way, catch Bill and Tom. You know, they're, they're halfway there. It's not just Pat and Tom Brady. This is Andy Reid as well, a guy who couldn't get a Super Bowl win, a guy who would get close in a Philly, got to one Super Bowl and lost, is now racking them up. So I, I do think it is we talk about them, like as a duo as well, Andy and Pat. Well, that, the thing, that's the thing I said the other day is, and so much of this has come because there was a conversation about would this be the final season for Andy Reid, who's only 65 years old. By the way, as we've seen, guys like Bill Belichick and others coach well into their 70s. Pete Carroll. There is plenty of runway here if he does want it. But I think when those conversations came up, it did jar loose that the only thing in my mind right now that can slow down what the Kansas City Chiefs have built is if and when Andy retires, if that's sometime soon. Because the pro thought is, hey, because of the timeline here, there's going to eventually be a world for Patrick Mahomes without Andy Reid. And that'll be the next version of the test that he has to pass. But Charlotte, to your point i think dynasties are good for sports in general i think when we go into games like when i'm calling a game our whole job is to create the stakes to tell and remind the viewer hey this is what's at stake at this game this is what both of these sides have in common this is a little background here's what we got going on dynasties create easy stakes because now everybody either appreciates or hates the same person everyone when the chiefs get beat it's oh is this the beginning of toppling the dynasty of all these easy narrative elements that pop up and oh by the way during super bowl week we saw that from the player standpoint there were players that said when we asked them to pick the game yeah i want to see somebody else win like they're the ones that have the closest proximity to all of this this team's stopping a lot of them from getting to their goals and so i, I do think overall for creating fans and keeping fans engaged there might be a point of diminished returns at some point if it's too much for too long but we're in the sweet spot right now where i think this is absolutely a win for the nfl i i i agree with you i don't actually think that sweet spot goes away um anytime soon either i mean look at yukon women's basketball they people they they were so dominant for so long in a way that really made people like hate them and and that in and of itself is feeling something you know sports make you want to feel something um i also think it gives you an opportunity to get to know players and people i think for casual fans mm. if you watch a few games a season and then you tune in for the super bowl and you can be like oh yeah i remember i remember that guy obviously travis kelsey has transcended that but you know, even even with you're like, oh, Harrison Bucker, that's right. I, I like that kicker. Like, you know, it just it gives you a frame of reference that there's so much churn. And I and I think 
doing this job, being in the weeds, it's like, oh, yeah, well, we know who's involved. We know what's going on. But most people are not as in the weeds as, as we are because they're healthy. Um, so to have something that, that they can um, turn to and be like, that's familiar, I think is a, is a powerful thing in, in sports. The, to give a frame of reference for TV Nielsen ratings of the top 20 shows all time, according to the Nielsen ratings, 19 were the Super Bowls. Number 11, the first non-Super Bowl comes up at number 11, and that's the MASH farewell uh, episode, which was fantastic, by the way. Quick note, the Apollo 11 moon landing, July 20th, 1969, reported to have been watched by 125 to 150 million, which would be number one but Nielsen Media Research does not support these figures. So a little controversy there at the top. Controversy around the moon landing? I, for one, no. am shocked. <laughs> The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik, and happy Valentine's Day, everyone. And what better way to celebrate this day of love than by talking about a breakup? That's right. Let's get into it. <laughs> Guys, Marcus Jordan and Larsa Pippen have called it quits. Who could have seen this coming? My yeah. God. <laughs> Broken engagement rumors started running rampant after fans noticed that she no longer followed Marcus on social media. She deleted all photos of them together. According to page six, they went their separate ways due to tension, tension caused by their family issues. Now, Charlotte, you interviewed Larsa and Marcus and sort of admitted that you thought like their love seemed real, blah, blah, blah. And then they went on a podcast afterwards and called you miserable. So how do we feel about mm. this whole thing? Yeah, you know, Pablo Torre, Pablo Torre finds out amazing show on this here DraftKings network and YouTube and podcasts. Um, and, and Pablo and I talked to Marcus and Larsa. Also, I always want to say Larkus and Marsa. It's like the most difficult <laughs> names to say together. So, um, <laughs> And yes, you know, I did I did come away being like, okay, there's clearly something here because they'd been together for over a year. They were constantly together. They talked about each other. I it didn't feel like this total sham. Also, as Larsa herself said, like this is not this is so difficult given that 
Marcus's father, Michael Jordan, and her ex-husband, Scottie Pippen, hate each other. She didn't say that part, but like, let's read between the lines. Um, and before I say anything else, I do want to say if, if that's real and if there is real pain here, you know, as much as we clown on celebrities or as much as these people are kind of doing it to themselves, like I do feel for them going through this publicly, like it's got to be embarrassing and painful. Um, so lest Larsa Pippen uh, go on a podcast and call me a loser again, I want her to know that I, I am thinking <laughs> of her. Um, I think that there's something sort of obvious to me, though, about this. And when we're talking about Valentine's Day, Jesse, when you said if something if, if you're going really, really hard for Valentine's Day, like it feels like especially if you've been together for a while, it's like ah, something like are you guys good? And I also think they've done studies and I'll, I'll find this to actually have the um, attribution later, because obviously that was um, something I forgot to do. But there have been studies done that like people who post each other or their relationship online more are actually more likely to have problems. Um, and not to say that if you're posting pictures of you and, and your significant other, this means that you're doomed. I do not mean that at all. I just think that there's an element of if you have to say it, it might not be as true as you'd like everybody be to believe if you're going that hard. And Marcus and, and Larsa were going so hard. Every post is about them. Every post that they put up, they commented on each other's stuff. Like, it gets to a point where you think if you're confident in this, maybe maybe you don't have to prove it quite so much. Um, I, I also just think, like, according to reports, it, it seemed that the, the Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen of it all, who would have thought, became a little bit too much. Um, but it's this is also a fever dream, to be honest. A lot of news has happened recently where I'm like, this speaks this speaks directly to my soul. What are we doing here? Um, were you guys invested at all? Did you believe this at all? Or or did you think this is just a sham? Uh, listen. Sham fake. I, I, I'm not gonna lie, this one didn't interest me at all. Uh, not <laughs> there, you know, in, in, it, it didn't. It, it just didn't. I mean, if we're going we're talking about sports and celebrity couples, these two weren't even a blip on the radar of that. Uh, I, I get the the more interesting part of it, in all honesty, Mike, was the backdrop of Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan than the actual couple themselves, as far as I was concerned. Other than that, it's uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't put a whole lot of a lot of thought into it. But that's not shocking it for did me. Have a, it, yeah, no, I can say this is very on brand for my father that he would not have thought more than an inch deep about this entire situation. <laughs> but it does have a very Romeo and Juliet feel to you where it's got like these warring factions that all of a sudden thought this love could transcend. And it turns out that, you know, having to broadcast it on a podcast, which, by the way, is why I feel comfortable even discussing this at all. When you make your relationship content and then it goes south, it does, I think, give more comfort in speaking about it after the fact. And once they called my friend Charlotte a loser, they became enemies of the state <laughs> yeah. here. So I appreciate the bless your heart right. energy that you brought to this, Charlotte. So, uh, yes, they turn the page. You and the miserable Pablo Torre will somehow mm -hmm. have to go on about your lives <laughs> here now, cursed with the knowledge that you were right. Dad did bring up, though. This obviously didn't register a ton on the Richter scale of famous couples. You guys got a Mount Rushmore of famous athlete and celebrity couples uh, in you right now? Because I got a few options I could throw at you guys here. There's a couple that I think are consensus. Like, I think at the top, but very firmly established on this Mount Rushmore, if we're going to do celebrity and athlete couples only, 
Yeah. The, like the one to me that feels pretty ubiquitous at this point, it might be recency bias coming off the Netflix doc, but David and Victoria Beckham, David Beckham and Posh yep. Spice yeah. seem like it's up there. You have Posh who is a member of, and I didn't realize this, the best selling female group of all time in the Spice Girls. <clears throat> have i believe between somewhere between 80 and 100 million sales worldwide total mixed into this they had the super bowl ad they were a part of this year the netflix documentary that they're coasting off of david beckham obviously in the english football hall of fame premier league hall of fame one of the original expats <coughs> to come over to mls so you have them i think firmly near that and enjoying somewhat of a renaissance right now firmly establishes <coughs> one of the power couples of all time totally agree they were also yeah, they, they were also among the first to be so closely tracked. I mean, I think the doc did a very good job of showing, like, when the paparazzi found out it was gloves off, they were out there, and they didn't have the tools you have now of posting yourselves and putting your own information out. It was taken from them. So I think I think you're right, Mike. I think that's sort of a that, – that's going to be a top one. No, I, right. I think I think that's right there. I think that's right there at the top. You know, there's I, I love some of the other ones when you look for lists, they say these two have been together since 2019. Oh, great. Okay, four years. I mean, give me a break. You know, I mean, uh, you know, the the Beckhams have been together since '97 when they first started dating. There's a lot more couples that are Sierra and Russell Wilson. Like Tom Brady and Giselle aren't together anymore. And and, and here here's you guys go ahead and mock me because I'm the old man. Oh, but boy. you want to go back in time? Listen, you'll know the names. Just want to give them some some respect here. Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe. I mean, wow. Listen, yeah. uh, seriously. I mean that that's pretty oh, powerful oh. right there. Yeah. It's true, it is. No, uh, for its time, pound for pound, absolutely in the conversation, Jesse. Mine is Carrie Underwood and Mike Fisher. Because Carrie Underwood, low-key, like one of the, not low-key, like one of our country stars' greatest, and then, you know, Mike Fisher, hockey guy. So almost won a Stanley Cup, you know? I, I, I think they're, they're, a, they're a couple that flies under the radar because they're low-key, they live in Nashville. But... I, I love them together. Um, the other one that didn't work out that I was just messy that I liked was Jessica Simpson and Tony Romo. Remember that? Oh, that yeah. That was, yeah. I mean, everyone wanted Cancun. to hold that up as like, oh, remember when Jessica Simpson was on TV all the time? No one complained loudly about this in reference to Taylor and Travis. It's like, my brother in Christ, were you there during that? People complained very loudly yeah. about her involvement and in all of this and tried to place blame on her. I think one and that I'm wondering, Char Charlotte, I, yeah. I want to ask you, how about athlete with athlete? You know, you have Zach and Julie Ertz, but a very famous one. You know, you're you're a New England fan, Boston fan. I'm sure you would know this one, Charlotte, going back a yeah. little bit with soccer and baseball. Let me say it for you. Let me say it for you. Mia Hamm, no Magasiapara. Um, yep. All time great. All time great. Also, Sue Bird, Megan Rapino. They were just on Pablo Torre finds out. Um, also, yep. people forget this one, but at, 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 at the time, it was huge. Eva Longoria and Tony Parker. You oh, guys remember that? Right. That was a huge yeah. deal. That and was her cheated on her. Wives. I mean, it got messy. I also think really? that, um, that one of my all-time favorites, which is a very messy breakup, um, James Harden and Daryl Morey. So. Uh, <laughs> I mean, 
We're throwing that in there. Brady and Bill certainly make the case there as well. Also, you know what? I would, we've talked about so many messy ones. Shout out to Dwayne Wade and Gabby Union. They've been yes. great yes. for a long yes. time. They seem like wonderful parents. They got married, I think, in 2014. So they've got longevity. They've got star power. They've got this beautiful family. They're part of ownership groups now. So shout out to them. On a day where we're celebrating love, Dwayne and Gabby have been a case that we can hold up for everybody and say, look at this beautiful thing that we got going on. Shout out to the kids. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik, and welcome back to the Draymond Green Yusuf Nurkic beef. Time is a flat circle, so of course. A game got chippy between these two. The last time they met, Draymond got his suspension. We know that, right? Okay. This time, they traded minor blows. You know, there was some shoving. There was some back and forth between them. Post-game, after the Suns lost, okay, Nurkic did not mince words when he was talking about Draymond. He said, it's sad. He didn't learn anything, man. Just a matter of time. He's going to knock somebody else again. Take everything back, what I said. He, he don't deserve a chance. So after those fighting words, uh, Green responded during his podcast yesterday. The little guy then goes, like I said, went into the media complaining. Like, I did something to him as if he didn't do the too small celebration. And then he starts to question my character. What a coward. You go questioning character about a basketball game that you just lost, that you got destroyed. And the only thing you should talk about is how you got punished. Not very surprised that he went to the media and said what he said, because that's the same guy that laid out on the floor um, when I made contact. Bro, you 300 pounds. Get up off the floor, bro. And he actually didn't lay out on the floor like that. I actually don't get the suspension that I got, probably. But dude laid out like he was dead. That same guy then goes and say he doesn't deserve another chance. How, bro? What an embarrassment. <laughs> and they expect to win with that guy. I just, wow. so, okay, so guys, he went on to call Kevin Durant cowardly for calling out his character after the suspension. Like he just went off on a tangent. But you guys, you just heard him say, basically if Nurkic hadn't sprawled out like that on the floor, he wouldn't have gotten his suspension, which, so he's just proving the point that he didn't learn anything. I was just gonna why, say, why were we he, you gave him yeah. enough runway and he absolutely destroyed himself with it. Yusuf Nurkic calls. And you know what the part of the funny part is? I kind of agree with Draymond where it's a little weak by Nurkic in a game where you go out and play bad and lose to all of a sudden go and toss this grenade out there. But Draymond took the bait and I get it's content for him and he ultimately wins and all that stuff. But to go back and backtrack, because remember what he's referencing there, Kevin Durant said he hopes that Draymond gets the help that he needs. Draymond referenced that somewhat in a positive light when he first reacted to every thing coming off of his suspension and what he supposedly learned from it but then to go back now and totally blame the victim and say if this dude doesn't sell the foul i probably don't get suspended anyway and we're not even here charlotte is the perfect completion of the masterpiece that does remind us that yeah there probably wasn't a ton learned in this and now it's being spun into basketball narrative saying oh you know what we learned some stuff from this jonathan kaminga in the lineup now has helped steady us and we're actually a better basketball team for it here's the thing I don't know that Draymond is wrong. 
And I think that's the uncomfortable part of this entire situation is that this whole time we took these foul, the, you know, the, the choking at Rudy Gobert, I keep coming back to this. Draymond did that and everyone was like, oh, when is this guy going to learn? Then he hits Nurkic in the face. It, yes, it, but it, it was no, nowhere near as egregious as what he did to Rudy Gobert. And everyone's like, oh, my sweet boy, I hope you get the help you need. Uh, this is a mental health issue. He needs to go to therapy. And it's like, that just all got that like the language of therapy got weaponized there in a way where like the narrative then became Draymond needs help. And it's like, well, Draymond won a bunch of championships doing what he does. So now you're saying take this person, take 90% of what you do, leave the 10% out we don't like. How are you supposed to do that? Like, how is he supposed to do that? I, I think Draymond is somebody who, and I'm not defending him at all. I'm just saying he's come back. The Warriors have done better. Draymond to me, you know, they had this Twitter exchange where uh, Nurkic said, all good, bad boy, just don't stay too long on podcast, going to be late for therapy session. And Draymond quote tweeted that and said, tap in, spoke in depth about the 300 pound softy that can't finish games, enjoy, and then dropped his YouTube link to his podcast. And for the most part, I think that if you are involved in beef with someone, the coolest thing you can do is just not respond. Like the coolest thing you can do is be like, oh, you're talking about me? It's it's the Don Draper, you know, someone said, I feel sorry for you. And he says, I don't think about you at all. Like that to me will always be the most powerful route unless you are Draymond Green, in which case he he can destroy people when he talks. And sure, he can look a little silly, but he is often not entirely lying. And there's something very interesting there to me about that entire strange dichotomy. Listen, he's not afraid to speak his mind, and you're right. Silence is better sometimes about getting, uh, with Nurkic, getting back involved and going back and forth in this after you just got hammered in the game. But here's where I'll disagree with you guys a little bit about Draymond being right about what he said. You can be somewhat right about what he's being said, but going to just that punch and saying, oh, my God, now we need help. No, it wasn't just the punch. It was the pattern. He got nailed because of the pattern, not just that one thing. And do I think Nurkic sold it? Yes. But guys sell fouls all the time. You want to rip them for selling it? That's cool. But it wasn't that just that one moment. He has a history from punching his own teammates, let alone all the stuff he's done out on the court. So it wasn't just the punch to Nurkic that got him suspended. It's the pattern. We all see it in all sports. The more you get nailed on something, the longer your suspensions are going to be. So while you you can sit there and say Nurkic laid on the ground longer than he should, he was still going to get suspended, even if Nurkic jumped right back up because of the flagrant that was called and the history that Draymond has. Now, that being said, when he came out and talked about, you know, coming back and learning, no one, who believed that? And I even admit, and I even said, Draymond needs to play the way Draymond plays. That's when he's at his best. He needs to be a line stepper. He's always been a line stepper, and he always will be a line stepper. You know what? And there's a place for that. The the unfortunate part is, is when he steps over the line, then you cost your team because your services are taken away. And it's going to happen again. I, I would bet more on it happening again than not happening again, and he'll get suspended again because of the history that he's gone through with this. I, I've always loved these. He's the type of guy I say would love him as a teammate and hate to play against him because you know what? He's a damn good player, and he's a damn physical player as well, so I'd rather have him on my team. So he was never going to change the way he played. He's always going to talk, which is cool as well, 
uh, but he's going to play his style. And if Golden State's going to get the best version of Draymond, they have to let him play his style, which is occasionally going to cost that team because he's going to be sitting the bench suspended. Yeah, I, 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 I always go back and forth on that because people bring this up a lot, especially in football, when guys go over the top with the violence and people go, well, how do you expect them to curb that they play this violent sport? And it's like, listen, we, we two of the three of us, two of the four of us in here played that sport at a pretty high level. There's honor amongst thieves in that you know there's certain lines you don't cross in that. And Draymond can be a guy who goes out there and gets under people's skin without doing that other stuff. Like, you can be all of those things bombastic, a big personality, needle other guys without kicking them in the nuts or choking them out. Like, it's an easy ask to say, hey, don't do those things and to try and curb him back from that. But Charlotte, your original point about how because dad's right this is a lifetime achievement thing we all acknowledge that but how quickly you're right it got turned into this bit of jujitsu with a lot of the therapy words that is someone watching this current season the bachelor right now you want to talk about weaponized therapy words that people don't actually understand what they mm -hmm. mean my brothers and sisters in christ come enjoy this season of the bachelor because that's exactly what it turned into here where it almost felt charlotte in a way from those people and i think the response from draymond sort of references that it felt a little bit patronizing where all of a sudden they were trying to do that to absolutely talk down to him in that way yeah senior i totally agree with you that it was it was a lifetime pattern but then why didn't that why didn't that start when he choked out rudy it was like you know the, it just it felt so arbitrary of when they were like oh well he hit norkic so now it's a mental health issue and we just are playing praying for him you know it's like what are we doing and and Mike, I totally agree that Draymond should be able to play without kicking guys in the nuts. I'm just saying, and and I'm totally with you, that he should be able to do that. He clearly can't. So all of a sudden, you're asking him to be somebody that he's not, and then he comes back, and then his team does better, and he's like, see, it was me all along. So he 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 sort of, it's hard to be like, well, he's completely wrong, because then they start winning. It's all about what you're incentivized to do. And you're absolutely right. Draymond Green has been incentivized at every turn to keep doing his thing. And so he will. And the Golden State Warriors are winning because of it. We're winning because we had Charlotte Wilder here. You can check out her and Amin Al-Hassan live from NBA All-Star Week and coming up in the wonderful city of Indianapolis uh, every day but Monday. Charlotte, thanks, bud. Thank you, guys.